SoWin TV presents. SoWin TV presents. Burkhart Worley, and welcome to Pop Talk, the show where you never know what topics might pop up. And thanks to our sponsor of today's show, Prestige Development Properties. Today we're going to discuss a very serious topic that happens more than you know. It's domestic violence. The Center for Disease Control says 41% of all women and 26% of men have been a victim of some form of domestic violence, whether it's sexual violence, physical, or stalking. And that is our subject for today. But before I introduce our guests, say hello to our Pop Talk co-host, Michelle Burden on my far right, hello. and Ms. Renee Rollins. Hey, Lisa. It's good it's to great. see you. Yeah, it's great good to, to see you guys. Here. Yes. Well, our guest today is Annalie Viscara Vineyard. Annalie is the author of A Legacy of Love, Shh, Finding the Courage to Finally Speak Out. Love that title. Mm. And she does speak out about domestic violence. And she shares her own personal story of faith's triumph over tragedy, God's grace and strength and weakness, and about God's tender love. And we're so glad, Annalie, to have you here on Pop Talk. It took a little while, but here you are. And, and what a, gr a great subject to help other women. I know you have a heart to help women. And so your early life, though, was pretty normal for the most part. And a lot of that was because you had a wonderful mother. Can you talk about those early years? Yes. Uh, first of all, I thank you for allowing me to be here today and sharing my story with uh, your audience. And yes, I was overly blessed to have a mother that loved me, that was there for us, very nurturing, very much involved with us. Sadly, um, I lose my mother at a very young age due to placenta previa. She was just 35 years old at the time, and uh, it was very hard for us to endure. Uh, but she loved the kitchen. She loved the neighbor. And most of all, she loved the Lord. Well, that's, that's a great uh, history that you had with your mom, even though it was just a few short years. And because of her cooking, I know you're working on a cookbook as well. So we can yes. talk about that now. We can talk about it later. But that's pretty cool that you're doing that because of her. Yes. yes I'm excited about that. No kidding. Um, your story dra dramatically changed, like you said, at age 15 due to the loss of your mom's complications with uh, the placenta previa um, that led to a fatal heart attack um, later. How did your life turn upside down after that? Well, that day, actually, we were very excited, very thrilled to receive a child, my mom's baby. We were not expecting this to happen. Mm. And um, that's what was going through our mind, receiving a child, having our mother come back home, which that never happened. Instead, uh, we were told that she had a couple of hours and she was going to pass away. In the middle of all that, I had to sit and plan a funeral as well. Mm. I was just 15 and I had to take that stand and go over and plan in every little detail what my mother would have wanted for herself. Yeah. It was very hard. It was heartbreaking. It was traumatic. It was just too much mm. to process at that age. And there's so much business that happens after someone dies, right? I mean, it's hard to really mourn because you've got so many details to take care of. Was that the case for you? 
Yes, that's actually the case. I was just so young, and all that was being added to the other of a newborn and my mother passing and a funeral. It was just so much. Wow. And then, Annalie, and then you were forced into a loveless marriage, weren't you? Um, but before... Before that, there was a young man named Jose, and you really liked him, and you wanted to marry him. Why? What happened? Why didn't that work out? Well, yes, that is that is true. Uh, my grandparents, mainly my grandfather, was an extremely controlling person, mm. um, very abusive, physically, psychologically, emotionally. So I didn't have actually a voice. I was always supposed to stay quiet and not share what was happening uh, behind doors with them. So um, they did not allow that because when my mother passes away, obviously my mother had uh, a home, other assets that she left. So I was not willing to sell my mother's property because I knew it was going to end up in their hands. Instead, I said I was not willing to do that because of my brothers. I wanted that for my brothers as well as myself. So as a punishment, my grandfather ended up marrying me and sending me uh, way out to Mexico, and it was not with my consent. Mm. Yeah, that happens a lot, doesn't it, in Mexico? Uh, I had someone that used to be on my staff whose family were trying to arrange a marriage between her and a gentleman who was fairly wealthy Mm. in Mexico, but she ended up, she was in love with somebody else, and she ended up not doing it, so she was able to get out of that. But is this a common thing? It does happen, yes, but in my case, what happened was uh, my mother also experienced the same thing, and my mom's personality and my personality were very much alike, Uh, very uh, giving, very easy to, you know, change and, and move, which they did not do that to my uncles or to my other aunt, my mom's sister, but that was their uh stand that they had already planned that for my mother, and then they gave me that as well. But that does happen. Yeah. Mm. So you ended up marrying this guy uh, who was an arranged husband named Bonifacio, and your heart was just not in it. What were those early years of life like in marriage? Well, of course, it was not. My heart was never there. I would question myself when I was alone, and I actually got to live in my mom's house uh, when I got married, when they married me. So I had a lot of confusion, and I would always think these grandparents that I mentioned in my book had promised my mother in her deathbed that they would be there to help us, to protect us. Mm. And I would question myself, is this really true? They're here to protect us, but they marry me against my will? They overruled the desires of my heart. Now, what, what am I doing in a country that even though it was my parents' country, I was feeling so out of place. Mm. I wanted to go back home. I felt so heartbroken that my grandparents had done that to me. Mm. Oh, my gosh. I just can't even imagine the pressure that you went through, not only from just in three years at 15, having to deal with all the tragedy and challenges that you faced then, and then you know going through all of this at 18, and, and then additional pressure being put on you to have children and being able to face that tragedy, you lost a baby. And can you share you know, a little bit about that story and, and that time? Yes, um, I had a very hard time uh, becoming, getting pregnant. It was not an easy thing. 
I had actually yeah. fertility issues and I had to go through a lot of tests and a lot of treatment, which there were very exhausting, very painful, and um, it was not easy. Finally, I get pregnant, and um, due to the malpractice of a student practitioner, uh, the assistant of the doctor, um, they caused me to, uh, to start bleeding. Uh, he didn't really know what he was doing. I didn't know that he was just a practitioner. He was just starting, finishing, about to become mm. a doctor. So for me, that baby represented that faith, that hope, mm. that mm. me not being alone, knowing that I had lost my mother and that baby was all my hope I had. Wow. So when I lose my child, I fall in a very deep depression. I don't know if it was days, if it was weeks, if it was months, but I know it was God that allowed me to see the light. That's right, Amen. and he always gets us through these difficult times. He's there uh, with a brokenhearted, and it, the Bible yes. promises that, that he's always with us. He will never yes. leave us or forsake us. Thank and you. one of the things I was just wondering, and I have to blurt it out, um, is that when you were bleeding and you were having losing your child, did you have memories of what happened to your mom? And was, did that ever come to mind because of the fact that she died in yeah. kind of that way? Yes, because not only did I have those memories, but I ended up, this is ironical for me, and I go back and I think my mother was in this hospital. They oh, sent me wow. to that same hospital, wow. which I was not supposed to be there in the first place. So what goes through my mind is this was a hospital that my mom also started her deathbed when they that later mm. trans, uh, transfer her to mm. another hospital, but that's where she started. In those moments, that's what's going through my mind. I'm thinking, oh gosh, am I gonna end up like her too? I honestly wanted to go. I really wanted to pass away. There was no hope losing my child. I also wanted to go. And thinking about my mom and wondering, was this her bed where she was laying down? Was it over there? It was just too mm. much to process. And I felt so lonely. I knew that God was there with me. I knew that my mom had given me that structure of the Lord, but I felt lonely because I needed a mother. And I had to process all that at the same time. Gosh. You know, I just want to interject here that I know there could be women watching this program that have gone through the loss uh, that you've gone through. And so I just pray right now, I'm just saying, let the Lord use your testimony in this show as a way to just validate that there are feelings that we have as mothers and as women that the Lord gives us such a heart for our children. And I, so I just want to say, you know, as I'm looking over over our notes and what we talked about before, that you did get pregnant with another child. And so Andrew was born. And so then your relationship with the Lord began to even go deeper, didn't it? Tell yes, me about that. I actually, I actually was expecting Andrew when I actually had my gallbladder removed. And I didn't know that at the time. And the doctor went ahead and had some tests done, and it did not show that I was pregnant. What? So I knew, I knew that this was God. And I knew that what I had asked for, 
God was allowing it. This was his season. So I'm pregnant, and now I'm eventually going to have this child. I have all these emotions inside, confirmation from God that I was going to have my child and that everything is well. So, yes, I, I drew closer to the Lord. I continued growing in my faith, talking to God every day, praying, worshiping, and trying to have that one-on-one with God. I knew that this season was going to be well and that I would be able to be there and hold my child and get to see that beautiful face. In many ways, Andrew was a gift from God. You know, yes. He, he, and, and what I'm thinking is that you went through so much hardship. He saw your pain yes. after the first, after the miscarriage and the first baby, yes. that he wanted to bless you with this second baby. Sometimes it doesn't happen. Maybe for whatever reason, people yes. just cannot get pregnant, and they're meant to adopt or something like that. But right. for you, yes. I think he saw that. He saw your, your, your heart, and that you really needed, because of the situation with your marriage, you know, he really needed this child. I'm sure you're, I have a feeling you're very, very close to this child. Am, am I right? Yes, mm-hmm. but I've always been very nurturing, and I think it has to do with my mother. And now I have four children, and I love them all. Mm. Uh, God gave me an amazing husband, and we're a blended family, and I see each and one of them like they're mine. Yeah. They're a gift from God, and I'm very grateful for that. Amen. And we women always know when we're pregnant. I mean, the doctors may say we're not pregnant <laughs> yes. because I know with my second little boy, I, I they told me I was not pregnant. I said, I told my husband, I said, I am pregnant. I am pre- <laughs> pregnant, and, and it's just a matter of time before they uh, agree with me. And so, I, and I was, I was. So you know, we know, we know as moms yes. that yes. something, yeah, it's an intuition and yes. it's a feeling. You know, when there's something growing inside of you like that. Mm, yes. So. Uh, Let's get back to uh, a, a difficult, another difficult subject, uh, your toxic marriage that you had. Um, due to your husband's neglect, you also had a controlling mother-in-law, and there are a lot of people in this world who are going to relate to that, but, you know, they have a controlling mother-in-law. Can you share about what you endured in that scenario? Yes, she was very controlling to the point where uh, her son had to actually, well, as soon as he was off from work, he would have to go and spend a lot of time with her. This would be like 12 hours or more hours. So at times I didn't really know where he was at because back in that time, as you know, there was only landlines, okay? There was not really much of, you know, uh, cell phones. So I would not know. And eventually I would end up calling and finding out that he was there with uh, his parents. He would always bring up the fact that they were first and that our child and myself, we were second that they, they were always first. So I would eventually, you know, have a table with meal, with a dinner. And in my culture, we always, it takes about two hours. So he would not show up. And there was other times that he would end up going with his friends and staying up till late. And even in the morning, arriving till early in the morning, because he went out, he partied, he wanted to have his fun. It was about him. So his priorities were very, very different from mine. Hmm. Right. That is, it, it, it's just, it, marriage definitely is challenging. And I think yes. a lot of people really do need to understand that type of a commitment that goes into it and the challenges that are, are involved. But God is so good. He is, he redeems it, yes. which is, is just such a blessing and hope. And what I love is that um, although these things happen, mm-hmm. there is so much that our relationships and the love of God can restore in our lives. Yes. 
Um, now, I know that there did come a point to where you wound up divorcing um, Bonifacio and later married Julio. Yes. Um, and you had another son, and Julio turned out to be abusive. Can you share a little bit about what was God was doing in that part of your life? Yes, uh, he was extremely abusive, and I would just like to share the fact that he described in detail uh, how he was going to end my life. Mm. Um, and with such cruelty, he would he even shared that with my youngest son of how my days were going to end, even calling my dad and letting him know as well. It was too much, uh, you know, to process. Once mm. again, it was just too abusive, and it was a very toxic relationship. Mm. Just throwing another question in. What would you say to other women who are watching right now who might be in an abusive marriage? How did you get through that? Well, I actually came to a point where I cried out to the Lord. I asked him to intervene and to help me because I felt so confused. He always had me on these diets and uh, was always uh, making me feel that I wasn't good enough, that no one would be interested in me, that no one would want to date me with two kids. Mm -hmm. So I needed to get therapy. I need it. Mm. And in my culture, it's not easy to go and want to take therapy. It's a very uh, close-minded culture in that area. But I realized that it was well, that it was not that there was something wrong with me or that I was crazy. But instead, I realized this isn't well. This isn't right. And God told me, I heard him say, Annalie, this is not what I had in store for you. Hmm. I have something greater for you. You need to let go, and I want you to be your best version. I need you to go and take therapy. So I didn't know that there was assistance, that there was help out there, which there is in the government, that you could go and receive therapy. I did all that research on my own, but I knew that it was not me. I knew that it was God, mm. because how was I able to understand or to process in the middle of all that, that there was help, that I had a Google. I started Googling, and I knew that God was saying, I want you to do this. So for those ladies, I would encourage them to know that they're not alone, that there's a lot of women and men, too, by the way, that are going through things like that, but they're not willing to talk. They're isolated. That spouse tends to have you isolated and will not allow you to have friends to talk about these subjects. But it's okay. That's what I would encourage them to receive, to get help, to seek. And I'm more than happy also to help them and guide them and giving them a little bit about my story and advice. I would be very happy to do so. Mm. That is critical for people to know that it is okay to not be okay. The yes. Lord says that there is, that we are wise when we seek wise counsel. Yes. Wants so, to hear his voice too. That is so yes. important mm. that you actually yeah. heard and distinguished between the devil's lies and even right. using other people to feed those lies to you and then be able to hear the voice of the Lord and to be able to act on that and to move in a positive direction. That's yes. huge for people to That's be able good. to draw on and yes. be able to know that there, there is hope. 
And, and finding out maybe a Christian counselor is yes. very important because they come from a Christian biblical worldview. And so I think that's if we're going through something, I've yes. done that myself. Absolutely. Absolutely. It set me on the right path. <laughs> and so sometimes yes. we just have to have a little help, you know, yes. understanding what we're going through. Yes. So in that journey, praise God, God got yes. you through the relationship with Julio that ended but then you got back in contact with your boyfriend from many years previous. Tell us about that with Jose. What, what did you guys talk about? Well, let me tell you, there's times that I have a hard time remembering what I ate or I had for lunch or dinner. Absolutely. <laughs> okay? It makes it kind that. of tough, yes. you know, at my age, remembering what we talked about. I could just say that we were always very good friends and we both cared about each other, okay? Our relationship started as friends, and it was always drawn. It always went towards that direction about, I'm here for you. You could count mm -hmm. on me. I could count on you. It was based on friendship. Praise God. And you probably yes. needed a friendship at yes. that time. Yes. And I'm sure the audience is thinking, did she marry him? Did she <laughs> end up with a, her childhood love? And, and it's not going to be a lifetime movie. And I'm sorry, it, it didn't happen. Uh, they didn't get back together, but you, you were friends. And, and friends talking about it, and you're probably able to share what she'd just been through and, and all the trouble. Yeah. But uh, you did meet and marry a very good guy who's watching this show. He's here in support of you right now. His name's Joel. And I... I Really, I thought about the verse in Joel 2.25 that says God will restore what the locusts have eaten. So he yes. you know, Joel, and he brought Joel and so into your life, and uh, he has definitely restored your life, Anna Lee. Uh, you've been able to, now you can actually talk about this, and, and you yes. wrote a book about this. Tell us about your life now. Well, let me tell you, he's an amazing man. He loves the Lord. He's my other half. I waited for him all my life. And now that I know that the season was right and God brought him to me, I am well. I am well. And I must share this with you. What God does, he says, he will wipe every tear from their eyes and there will be no more death or sorrow or crying or pain. All these things are gone forever. He who sits in the throne says, look, I am making everything new. Revelation 21, 4 and 5. God did everything new for me. And he actually gave me more than what I had even thought, wanted, or, you know, prayed for. He actually answered the prayer of my friend Jongo. If you read my book, you will see that, that it talks about that. I had certain... Uh, little uh, scribbles that I had asked the Lord that I wanted in a man. And God gave me everything and beyond that because he listened to Jongo. And what I wanted was just my other half. And God overly surprised me by giving me the love of my life and taking me beyond to another level that I never imagined. And we've got a little time. Can you just talk about Joel a minute and how he supports you? And, and uh, how is he different from these other guys? Yeah. Well, first of all, he gave me my space. As you read in my book, if you know, I was not willing to share much when we met. Uh, we actually met through eHarmony, and I was not really wanting to do that. But when I did it, it was because of a friend of mine. And when we met, I would still keep a guard up and protect myself. And I was told in therapy that 
I don't have to go that far. I could, you know, raise my wall, and when I feel safe, then I can actually start opening up. That's what I did. But when we met and he picks me up on our date, a second date, he goes and picks me up at my house, but I had the house uh, rented out to a tenant. So he was questioning, why is this really your house? Because we came back on our second date a little late. Okay, we were having a great time, and I really was not wanting to let him go. I said, I really like this man. He's different. You know, he's very sweet. He's very kind, and he loves the Lord. That's what my priority was, a man that loved the Lord. Because if he loved the Lord, he would be able to love me, and he would allow me to continue my dreams and growing as an individual. Mm. And I saw that in him. And we started getting closer and closer. Our first date, I was dressed like a nun. I was all covered up. You could only see, you know, my face because I was very careful. I wanted a man that loved me, that I would really be able to know him first. It was not about my curves or my body. It was about my heart and the love for the Lord. So that's what I wanted. I asked him all these questions. I said, this is going great. He's wonderful. He's answering each and one of them. Then I have to tell you, I did ask God for him to be extremely smart. I said, Lord, you know what I've always wanted? A man that's so smart, that knows where he's going, because he'll be able to guide our home. He will be what I was you know, praying for. So smart, so down to earth, so humble. This amazing man, when I started, we started getting closer and closer I said, wow. And then he proposes. He proposes in Spanish. I was like, oh, my God. He pulls out his paper, and he does. I was like, wow. And he goes on his knees, and he starts, oh, wow. He said, Dios nos diseñó para estar. I was like, oh, wow. I felt like he was serenading. I was like, oh, Lord. Is this real? It's like, praise Jesus. (laughs) Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. I knew. I knew that this was it. What I had prayed for and I had waited and been hurting, God had answered. Amen. So that's what my husband, he's an amazing man. Um, I know Thank that, um, real quick, we, we're, we yeah, have a little we bit of time. We only have about 45 seconds, but we want you to just say a word about your mom. Yes, if you could just talk a little bit about your mom, it would be great. Well, my mother has inspired me, of course, you know, and that's why I wrote my book, A Legacy of Love, because yes. of her being such an amazing lady. And still till now, I will carry and let the other generations also carry that legacy, this story, because that's mm-hmm. the desire. That's what she mm-hmm. left behind. And now it's my job to take it to the next level for the next generations to come. And even for your audience as well. You know, if they don't have their own legacy or if they know of a loved one that right. is close to them, they could follow that legacy. It's never too late. Or even my story, if my story could encourage them in any way possible, I would love that because there's hope and everything is well in the Lord Amen. and even beyond. Yes. Amen. Can I yes, see of that course. book? Yes, um, absolutely. Because I want to definitely let you guys um, have a look at the title. The book is A Legacy of Love, and you can get it on Amazon. Yes. And you can find uh, Anna Lee at her website, and it's AnnaLeeVizcaraVineyard.com. I'm going to do a little spelling. 
because I know that there are those of you that have heard this testimony. It's touched your heart. You may want her to come and minister to your women's group. I know you're going to want this book too. So let me go over this. It's Annalee, A-N-A-L-E-E, Vizcara, V-I-Z-C-A-R-R-A, Vineyard. Dot com. All right. We want you to reach out to us here at Pearls of Promise Ministries. You can email us at info at pearlsofpromiseministries.com. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Pop Talk Media. We're also on Instagram at pop underscore ministries. And you can find all of our past Pop Talk television shows on our YouTube channel. Just look for Pearls of Promise Ministries. And thank you to the sponsors of today's program, Prestige Development Properties, LLC. If you have a project that is in need of a commercial developer, Prestige Development Properties is the place to go. You can email prestige at carrie, carrie at prestigedev.net. And we want to thank our latest television platform, Taken TV. You can find them at takennetwork.tv. And we're grateful. For all of our 13 television platforms where Pop Talk is now airing. And thanks to our production team from Grace Point Media. For all of your media needs, go to gracepoint.media. That is Pop Talk for today. We're just ordinary girls. Who God turned into pearls. Have a wonderful week. Coming soon at the Central Park Performing Arts Center in Largo, Florida. The first annual Solwyn Women's Conference. Hear 20 plus inspiring speakers that will transform you, shift you into your divine path. Mark your calendars, ladies, June 21st to the 23rd. Three full days of fellowship, worship, encouragement, and supporting local female business owners. When your soul prospers, so will your health, your finances, and your relationships. You need a lot of time trying to figure it out. You're stronger than you think. God wants us to walk in freedom. He wants us to understand the blessing. It's time to be healed in your soul, know your true worth, and be all you were beautifully and wonderfully made to be. Purchase your tickets now for this life-changing event at www.soulwinconference.com. Are you feeling broken or lost? Are you struggling to find a community of like-minded women? Come join us on Soulwin, Shining Our Light Women's Inspiration Network. Soulwin women have come out victoriously from their dark places and now use their God-given gifts to shine their light to the whole world. Get your free 30-day trial today. Go to www.soulwin.tv to subscribe now.